Hello, everyone. Welcome back to For the Girls. We have so much to talk about today. Our weekend in Austin was absolutely amazing. Coda is just such a special place, and it was made even more special by the fact that we were there with F1 Academy and got to spend time with our friends at McLaren. We released a special episode on Sunday with Bianca Bustamante, McLaren's new and first ever female development driver. So definitely check that out. I'm Sarah. I'm Tiggy. And I'm Chessa. Okay, let's just jump right into our main takeaways of the weekend. I think to me, the biggest thing was one, F1 Academy being there with them. We'll talk about it, but it was just really special to meet all of the different women involved, all of the drivers, their families, their teams. They've just put so much love into the sport and it was amazing. And then we got really lucky because the F1 Academy paddock was right across the street or way from the regular paddock. So we got to see all the drivers coming into the paddock every morning. It was very, very cool. And then, of course, it was really fun meeting all of you guys for our meetup. Like the list could go on for my main takeaways. It was just a 10 out of 10 weekend. Yeah, totally agree. This weekend, it just felt like one big highlight all around from (laughs) being behind the scenes for the F1 Academy season finale and finally everybody being able to watch it on TV. Like that is so huge. And then being a part of the Girl Start, Girls in STEM initiative with Lando and McLaren and meeting some of you all, just truly a dream all around. And like we, I think like Sarah said, Just outside all the amazing opportunities, Austin and Coda just continue to deliver as I think one of the best races to go to. Amazing. Even if you're not American, even if you live wherever, like this is a perfect first race, second race, 100th race to go to. Like it just delivers on all fronts. So lots to dive into, but very, very happy with how the weekend went. Totally agree with that. The people at Coda are amazing and work so hard to make it such an inclusive, fan-friendly weekend. And I think you can really feel that. For me, totally agree. Just Coda generally. And then also McLaren, just always the best. We got to meet Lando, see him interact with all of the young girls brought in by Girl Start, a local nonprofit getting girls into STEM, which was incredible. Getting to see also just kind of how much the teams, the drivers, the F1 Academy people love being in Austin and how much people love and enjoy the track was really nice. And then One other highlight was we got to go to an F1 Academy launch party, which we will get into. We were in the paddock uh, at around, it was about 7.15 on Friday night, and we got to see all of the drivers leaving the briefing. The entire grid just walked by. Sarah, we have a video (laughs) of you and your face (laughs) for this. You were like, shock. You you (laughs) clocked Max and you did not blink. (laughs) And it was like, guys, I don't think we ever thought this was in our what do you guys call it like it wasn't in the cards for us this bingo weekend. Like, card this was not <laughs> on our bingo card seeing having all of the drivers in one place like all 20 drivers crazy just strolling around because the paddock was also quite empty at this point because unless people everyone was basically on the way out unless they were going to this f1 academy event and it was interesting i feel like we always hear and see news and everything, hearing about drivers being friends or chatting at driver's briefings. But it's interesting getting to see that in action and kind of who was talking to who, whether they were seemingly talking about what had just happened, or like <laughs> what was going on. So it was cool. 
for some foreshadowing, Lewis and Charles were walking together and they ended up having a similarly sad weekend in solidarity <laughs> with each other. But well, maybe maybe them hanging out was the good blood they needed between them to do a co-pose. A collab pose. <laughs> Honestly, the most iconic thing I think I've ever seen in so F1. Good. So good. <laughs> Yeah, we had just the best, best time with McLaren. The quick background here, which you'll all hear more about when we release our interview with Shane Woods, the executive director of Girl Start, is that one of McLaren's big sponsors, Smartsheet, it's a top software company, their name is on the front wing of the McLaren. And for a few races a year, this is the fourth time they've done this, they have this initiative called Sponsor X, where they have a nonprofit replace them on the front wing. And it's not only that, but they really integrate with the nonprofit, have them involved with the team, raising awareness. It's really just an incredible initiative. It is so cool. And so what we did is we went and we saw the girls. Um, There were uh, several of them, all kind of the ages of, I think it was like fourth to eighth grade for the most part, some a little younger, but just around that. And we went, they had gotten these robots and helped build these robots and Lando came and raced the robots with them on these like paper tracks where you color coat like go faster here pit stop here slower here that sort of thing and it was just the sweetest best thing of all time these girls were so confident just so smart they knew what they wanted like it was incredible and Girl Start as an organization we'll talk so much more about it when we release our interview with Shane who's the executive director but just they're doing the most incredible things for these girls getting into STEM which obviously we care so much about um that's a big big value of ours the cool thing too was that Emily uh Calandrelli was there she's like the the space gal at the space gal and she is like the Bill Nye of our generation and she was there too. And it was just so cool to see her interacting with the girls and like teaching them about things. And then Lando also doing that. And then the girls were all decked out in McLaren gear. And some of them had like vests on that literally went below their knees. It was so funny. And then they like, we all walked over into the garage and like looked at the garage and looked at the car and got pictures with the new front wing that had the girl start logo on it. It was just epic. So definitely listen to our preview or our episode with Shane Wood, the executive director. She had incredible things to say. She's an amazing woman and we had the best time sitting down with her. Also, Lando and the whole McLaren team were so nice, so involved with the girls. Lando was signing absolutely everything they wanted him to, including a water bottle at one point. Um, (laughs) So cute. they didn't have anything for him to sign and he was really engaged with them, kind of sitting, going through the little racetrack, explaining to them how everything was working, literally sitting, coloring these pages with them. So it it was just great to see. And at one point, the little robots were all kind of running into each other. And someone said, oh, Chessa, what did you call that earlier? And Chessa was like, a DRS train. And Lando was like, ah, yeah. (laughs) Thank you, Sarah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the F1 race because that was quite the race. And then we'll jump into a little bit more about our experience with the amazing F1 Academy. So let's start with MVPs of the race from yesterday. Tiggy, go. Okay, I'm going to give it to the Lewis and Charles collab post because I think that was incredible. (laughs) But I'll also give it to Lewis. I know, surprise, surprise. But even with the whole plank situation and disqualification, he just had such an amazing drive. And I do think he and Charles took it like champs. Like it really wasn't their fault. Um, But yeah, I think 
just incredible drive. And I like how they they responded to the news. <laughs> yeah, they did a good job. I also would have done Lewis, but I guess I just de facto give it to Lando now. But actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I have kind of a wild card MVP, and that's Danny Ricardo. Not because hmm. he did well, but he <laughs> was uncharacteristically un Danny Ricardo this weekend. Like he he was business. And the reason I'm giving him the MVP is because he meant business this weekend. He's coming in from an injury. He knew that what he had to do. And he like didn't do some sort of like big spectacle on a horse coming to the track. He laid, laid like well, he laid relatively pretty low throughout the weekend. And I think it's just cool to see him like sort of in that more professional headspace. And I think it's gonna pay off for him next weekend. He had subtle Danny Rick energy with the sideburns and the shaving. But it wasn't <laughs> like Monday. a full it wasn't the full yeah. spectacle that everyone was expecting. And for that I will give him kudos. <laughs> Agreed. My MVP is Botas's motorcycle, gold motorcycle, which we learned that Botas was staying where we were staying when we saw him and Tiffany walking out and unlocking their phones to get bird or lift scooters and literally scooted off to dinner. And then the next day we noticed that just parked between two cars was Botas's gold motorcycle. I had figured they had just been driving in as kind of a photo op and not actually driving the 30 minutes from downtown Austin to the track <laughs> on this motorcycle. But then we see the sticker and Tiggy explain what we saw. <laughs> It just has his name. It says V. Botas, just sitting on the Austin streets <laughs> casually. <laughs> so funny. Okay, so for LVPs, I am going to take the other side of the Alftari duo and say Yuki's radios. And I think I was thinking about LVPs a little bit maybe too soon because there was a lot of drama throughout the weekend, but Yuki's radios were pretty explosive and cursing a lot, which I think is like Yuki. But then what made it worse was that in a press conference earlier this week, he's like, oh, I'm so happy to have Danny back. Like one thing I want to learn from him is how to be like a more chill professional driver. And then he just goes and like lays these radios out. <laughs> totally agree. I think mine was the Max GP vibes were off. As it continues. A of, <laughs> as a fan of both of them, I think, again, totally understand drivers getting frustrated on the radio, but I never really like when it's directed at their own team. And also on GP side, if he truly is, speaking in a breaking zone like dude look at the footage and don't talk in a breaking zone when max has been saying for two hours that the brakes are broken <laughs> <laughs> and he has to concentrate yeah but i do think generally it was probably indicative more of him really being under pressure for one of the only races this season where there was actually a fight for the win we can debate whether or not it was a true fight for the win given both max's brake issues and the mercedes plank situation but Ugh. By the standards of this season, it was a fight to the win with Max under pressure, under a gap that could theoretically have been closed in the last couple of laps. So it was interesting seeing kind of that stress manifesting in the radio messages. Yes, the stress manifesting in the radio messages seems to have been a trend lately, not just for Max and GP, although that yeah. is definitely true. <laughs> um, I'm going to give my LVP to Charles's strategy. I felt bad for yeah. him. He just had the worst strategy, I think, on the entire grid. And obviously the disqualification on top of that, just such a bummer. But it was his 100th race for Ferrari and also it was his birthday 
earlier this week, I think. So does it just, count as his hundredth race if he got disqualified? <laughs> That's oh, a good point. No. Maybe Mexico. Well, I guess it was only it was his hundredth hundredth race, which with Ferrari, which they all forgot about because his helmet was bright green. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, like McLaren has been hyping up Lando's hundredth race. <laughs> they gave him and special so, shoes. <laughs> I know, and so Ferrari's probably like, oh crap, we forgot. <laughs> like how well, do we? They'll do Mexico, the one one hundredth slash one oh one. Um, okay, our hot takes. <laughs> Mine is comical because I had Checo top five, which wouldn't have happened, but now he is top five. So take that. <laughs> All right. Um I said Danny Ricardo in the points. No doints for me this race. So that was a <laughs> bummer. Doints, sadly. <laughs> yeah, zero doints. <laughs> but we got Lawrence, so that's right. great. <laughs> I had a McLaren win, which was Ooh. bold. Ooh, but close. But, you weren't that far. Right. I know. It was it was Lando was in a three-way legitimate pace fight for the win. So pretty close. And also yeah. we got to meet him. So we'll also count that as a McLaren. <laughs> that shot. that's a win. That's a further girls win. <laughs> um Okay, so for Quali on Friday, it was a bit of an upset for Red Bull as Max's lap time got deleted. It relegated him from pole to P6. So we ended with Charles on pole, Lando rounding out the front row, and then we had Lewis, Carlos, George, and Max. For the sprint shootout and the sprint, the sprint shootout itself was actually very action-packed. The top four runners were all within 0.1 seconds of each other, which we'd love to see, but again highlights the quality pace versus race pace car debacle or scenario that that's consistently something that we're thinking about but nevertheless that was really exciting but for the sprint of course max ended in p1 followed by charles lewis and then both mclarens lando ahead of oscar and then ferrari made an appearance with carlos in p6 for the start of the race and main highlights it was a crowded star-studded grid everyone looked like they were overheating i think all of you who are in Austin or live in Texas know this, but it was very, Brutal. very hot. And apparently it's tracks, raining today, which is oh, crazy. Wow. <laughs> the tracks kind of out in the in more or less the countryside, you pass cows on the drive there. So it just feels like you're baking in the sun. There's no tree cover, not really any shade. Um, Christian had a hilarious comment on the grid. He was asked about Checo's chances and said, Checo just has to try to follow Max. <laughs> He's basically just decided that Checo's never going to beat Max, which I think is a long time coming, but damn, to say it out loud. And one notable thing was four cars started from the pit lane. Both Haas's and both Aston Martins decided to take new parts or make changes in Park Firm after some tough uh, Saturdays or tough Fridays. A quick aside on this one, Stroll forgot that he had to start in the in the pits, <laughs> so he started to go to the grid, and then they had to wheel him back or push him back, and then he got a penalty for that. But anyways. <laughs> but actually, while we're on the Stroll topic, I did consider for a real MVP, apart from Botas's motorcycle, Stroll did drive from pit lane to points. Pretty good. Let's make a t-shirt. <laughs> and now I guess pit lane to points, and now I guess he drove from pit lane to, I think, P7 with the disqualifications. Okay, okay, Stroll. He's That's coming good. back. <laughs> For the start, so Lando launched off the line, had a much better start than Charles to take P1 at turn one. Charles had a wild start. He didn't get off the line well, had to take a super brave outside line through turn one to kind of keep up. 
but it was it was wild. We could start from Lando. Some notable events throughout the race. So overall, we're mostly going to focus on this top three battle between yeah, Max, sure. Lewis, Lando, because I feel like that was one of the most interesting fights for the win this season. So by lap six, Hamilton had overtaken both Ferraris for P2, made it look totally easy, looking super fast, one of his strongest tracks, lots of experience here. And the Ferraris just didn't have any pace, which was yeah, wild. They could, not, they could not hold Lewis back. The Mercedes was looking fresh. Or Max either. Yeah, like Charles put up a little bit of a fight with Max, but there just wasn't much they could do. Yeah. It set up a very thrilling top three. Lando was chasing his first ever win. Hamilton in P2 with an upgraded car trying to get his first win since 2021 at one of his best tracks. And Max, of course, hunting them down in P3. And we all know how this story ends, but it was fun. (laughs) I know. It's ironic saying it like uh, Hamilton's upgraded car looked so good. Um, We all know how this ends. But I think we were so happy to see wheel-to-wheel action like on lap 17, 18, Lando holding off that undercut attempt from Max, having his track position after pitting. And then um, when Max got told that Lewis, who at that point was leading the race, was going for a one-stop, Lewis was like, let me extend the tires. Or they asked him if he could, and he said it would be really hard. And everyone was just kind of like really in the game. And there was a lot going on, like basically the entire race, which we love to see. Yeah, they pitted Lewis late. He lost ground to Max and was upset. Mercedes said they were just trying to do something different. I think we'll get into it a little more, but a big story here was that the one-stop just did not work, which based on how hot it was, I think was pretty obvious. understandable. <laughs> and we saw that yeah, with Charles perhaps, too, yeah. Perhaps obvious. Um, but so halfway through the middle stint, Max was really hunting down Lando. Made Ma- Max made the pass of him. Lando defended, but it was a pretty good, clean fight. Coulthard had a hilarious comment. He said, there's nothing like an on-track battle for P1 to test a friendship. <laughs> okay, speaking, love- speaking of the driver's briefing, Max and Lando were obviously chatting and hanging out with each other. So, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and I think pretty animated jokes while Max was ro- walking back into Red Bull hospitality. It's just so crazy to see them like so friendly off the track, whereas on track, like obviously we could see that it was a wheel-to-wheel epic battle, but even like – them calling each other out. Like there was obviously a lot of track limits issues over the weekend. And the fact that the drivers can just notice them from the other drivers, like when they're under these conditions going so fast, but Lando was calling out Max's radio. um, And it was just definitely a lot going on for sure. So then as we were saying, Lando unexpectedly pitted, uh, then Lewis pitted on lap 39. So no one could pull off that one stop despite their best efforts. So to the sadness of fans worldwide, it started looking like it was not going to be <laughs> a surprise win kind of going into the final stint. But then yeah, it so, did. Well, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> so those last 15 laps, um, the, the commentator said something funny. How many race wins would Lando have if Max had decided to be a lawyer? Sorry, I bet you loved that one. Max is a lawyer. <laughs> But Hamilton was the fastest. Max was struggling, yelling at his engineer for GP for talking to him in breaking zones, which happened multiple times. Very intense. So the gap was pretty close until Max got DRS on the car he was lapping. So I don't know. Do we like think it was a true fight or not? I just don't know why the race leader should be getting DRS. Like, but everyone gets DRS when they're right. overtaking back markers if they're in a DRS zone. But like you, you wouldn't have to. Like you could change the rule so that you 
like you don't get DRS to overtake because that's like that was the last what like lap and a half and that's when Lewis was about to close the gap to Max to be under a second and then Max just had DRS and then sped up and was two seconds ahead of Lewis and that's basically when it was over. But we're thinking about that from like a perspective of Max being super dominant. But like what if Lando <laughs> was in the lead, for example, and he couldn't have any DRS? Like You're totally right. I feel like I feel like it makes sense that rule makes sense. But I don't know. I think I do think, yes, Max was managing a brake issue and whatever the heck was going on with Lewis's <laughs> ride height. Fine. I still think it was the closest fight we have seen in a long time. Like if there had been one or two more laps and Lewis had gotten within a second and had DRS, like maybe it could have happened. I hold out hope. I agree. I actually think Lewis <laughs> I agree. had it with like three more laps. Yeah. Oh, the la- the race definitely needed to be two laps longer and then Lewis needed to have not gotten disqualified. If they had pitted him, (laughs) A, if they had pitted him slightly earlier and his pit stop wasn't 3.6 seconds, he potentially could have had it. I cannot. (laughs) He would have been Mexico. He would have been disqualified anyway. So I know. (laughs) It's all a moot point. It also goes to show how far both Mercedes and Ferrari have come in car development because they were two of the teams that struggled the most with porpoising and could not ride the cars low to the ground at all. And now their ride height is so low. It's too low. That they're, they're, uh, basically sanding off the bottom of the car. (laughs) So we also sadly had a bunch of DNFs. Obviously, Max got his 50th win, so congrats to him on that. He joins the ranks of many others. But I might add, still half of Lewis's total, which Max humbly mentioned. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I like that. Yeah, we did have DNFs. So Ocon Piastri had a clash on lap one. Ocon had to retire lap seven, which was his sixth DNF of the season. He has had the most unfinished races this season of all the drivers. So, Which is crazy. I would never assume that for him, but it's true. Yeah. Um, Oscar also retired after, which was really sad after making a lot of big gains on lap one. Alonso had driven from the pit lane to the points in a great drive, but he had to retire the car with only a few laps left due to floor damage, which was his first DNF of the season. So sad, sad. I think another thing that we were all closely watching the entire weekend was Sargent. One, because we interviewed him and he's an amazing human and it was really fun. But two, the season is ending soon and he needed to get points or was feeling like he really needed points. So he had a nice overtake of Danny. He looked really good. I think Danny was having some issues as well, but it was nice to see Sargent having some good on track action. And then of course the double DQ led to loins, which we love to see. And then I think the other big item here to talk about is the Ferrari battle and the team orders and basically the fact that they gave up on Charles's strategy because it just was not going to win that weekend. And and Charles was, I think, really, really mature. He was like, why did you guys let Charles pass or Carlos pass me? Let's talk about it after the race. But I don't think it was like a true team orders thing. It was just like his strategy is going to win. Please back up, you know? Yeah, I think team orders is easier to take when it's not a true battle and it's clear that someone's on horribly old tires and the other person is just way faster. But I did really like that he was mature and calm on the radio in a weekend when so many people were not. (laughs) Exactly. Okay. But then we get to the big news, (laughs) the disqualification of both Charles and Lewis. So Lewis lost P2, Charles lost P6. 
So what happened is after the race and the podium ceremony were over, the FIA did their standard post-race checks, which include doing physical inspections of Hamilton, Leclerc, Verstappen, and and Norris's floor, and a plank wear test. So their planks or skid blocks ensure that cars don't run too close to the ground, which running close to the ground is good for downforce, makes the cars go faster. And the FIA then found excessive wear and tear on both Lewis and Charles's car, which led to the disqualification. So they're allowed a minimum thickness and teams get one millimeter of grace for normal wear during a race, but Lewis and Charles has exceeded that. So really wasn't their fault, but so unfortunate. <laughs> what do we think about how the teams managed to do this at a track that you know they've raced at a bunch? I don't understand either because it's very clearly written in the sort of like bylaws, the specific millimeter like thickness that you can have and then the grace that you get on either side of it. And I'm sure because there's the grace, they can expect and measure wear and tear on a regular race weekend. So I don't understand. I mean, I guess they, I mean, Mercedes definitely brought upgrades, right? So they just maybe didn't factor that into the upgrades or didn't think they were going to get checked after because I don't think every car gets checked for those physical floor and plank wear inspections, um, I think. So they yeah, it's a really strange yeah, it's what makes it so strange is that it happened to two cars, which we never really see because sometimes we see randomly someone gets disqualified from quality because they couldn't provide a big enough fuel sample or kind of random errors like that. But it was really strange that it happened to two cars. So it seemed like people were maybe intentionally just trying to make their ride height really low and a couple teams just messed up the margins. Yeah, and it's interesting that it was only one driver from each team. You know, it would be interesting. It would be different if it was like Lewis and George or Carlos right. and Charles. So interesting. All right. Conspiracy for- theory. They're trying to give Charles and Lewis more downforce. <laughs> <laughs> also probably true. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure that is a conspiracy theory. <laughs> That's probably the point. <laughs> That's like a number one driver, just, you know, status quo, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> As everybody knows, we absolutely love sports media, especially when it is brought to you by females. So you may have seen in Forbes, Goop, TechCrunch, The Gist is a fan-first sports media brand that's shaking up the male-dominated sports industry, which we love. Be sure to tune into their twice-weekly podcast on what is going on in the sports world. Hosts Ellen Hyslop and Stephanie Roths discuss current sports topics and how they intersect with pop culture and social issues, and they cover everything ranging from major league season previews to calling out the sexism we see in sports daily. Expect a really funny but informative conversation with a refreshing female perspective on the world of sports. Subscribe at the link in our description to get the gist of what's going on in the sports world in less than five minutes every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday morning. So definitely check it out. For some very brief headlines. So we have to discuss the Alpine investor lineup announcement that includes Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey. We should really be calling him Taylor's boyfriend, Rory McIlroy, Juan Mata, and more. So thanks to a listener, Kia, who DM'd us about this on Instagram, asking our thoughts. What do we think? I mean, Alpine, let's ride, like adding into the mix on top of Ryan Reynolds. I think it's all very cool. I think, I wonder how much of this is actually them investing in like 
helping the team and providing insights versus just like investing a little bit and just being sort of like talking heads for the team. But we do have to say we did see Ocon and Gasly coming in on Thursday or Friday wearing the jerseys. So Gasly was or Ocon was literally wearing Travis Kelsey jersey and we all freaked out. We were thinking <laughs> it was an Easter egg and Taylor Swift was going to come, but Unfortunately, did not happen. Yeah, I don't think they're going to be in like these individuals are not involved in like team strategy, I imagine, but because it is just a consortium. But I find it so interesting that these athletes are getting into Formula One and Alpine of all teams as well. Like, I know Alpine, Alpine definitely, it's confusing a big push with their sports car business, especially in the US. And maybe the door is just not open to other teams. It's not like Mercedes is taking on minority investors, you know? So maybe Alpine's really the only one that's opening the door for investment, but it's super interesting. Like I I'm kind of at a loss for for why this is happening. Yeah, it's interesting. And Anthony Joshua, who is a famous boxer, he did Pierre's kind of pre-race pump-up message on <laughs> on the radio. So it's interesting kind of the level of integration seems way more than you see from regular investors. I'm kind of pro anything that gets more involvement and visibility for F1 and love seeing Roy McIlroy so involved. But it is it is interesting. And I wonder how much more kind of public pressure it's going to put on the team to perform when you have such a star-studded lineup of athletes. Agreed. And final news item is the FIA announcement that they made on Thursday whereby they have quadrupled the maximum fine they can impose on F1 drivers from 250,000 euros to a million euros, which is insane. And of course, the drivers had so much to say about it. And one thing that we were talking about, which is super interesting, is that presumably some of the drivers have it sort of like stipulated in their contracts that the teams will have to pay the fines, whereas others may have to shoulder it themselves. Um, if you haven't heard what Russell said about it, we, you should go look at it. That was really interesting, too. But the funniest thing was just like talking about the obscenity of, of it all. Kevin Magnuson was like, Charles can just give his watch, but I would disappear never to be found again. <laughs> And Lewis was like, you could only get that money out of my hands if it was like going to a charity. Exactly. <laughs> so Yeah, funny. and Max was very critical too. So I liked seeing that Lewis and Max, like the highest paid drivers, were just as outspoken as everyone else. I agree that it's ridiculous because also most of the times when we're seeing fines, it's not because someone intentionally wrecked someone else and caused a super dangerous situation. It's because of Granted, it's really important that safety protocols are upheld, but it's things like a driver getting a DNF and not exiting the track properly and being fined 50,000 euros. Um, so it's hard to imagine like what a million dollar fine would be for. And some of these drivers are paid less. A lot of these drivers are paid less than that per year. So it's pretty crazy. Totally. Um, so to wrap up on the F1 portion of this, so our radio of the week, which didn't age as well as we had hoped, was <laughs> Lewis's let's keep pushing, we're getting closer, whether, well, depending on your thoughts on this, they are getting closer, but closer to the <laughs> ground, to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> For our drivers' championships, we have Max Verstappen, 466, Checo, 240, Lewis, 201. Would have been closer. It would have been so close. Yep. We would have had a closer, closer call, but we'll see. Uh, Alonso, 183, Carlos, 171, Norris, 159, and Charles, 151. 
And for constructors, Red Bull 706, Mercedes 344, Ferrari 322, still pretty close. close. McLaren has surpassed Aston Martin with 242 and 236 Woo-hoo. for Aston Martin. So they're on the up. Do we think that they have any chance of catching Ferrari or no? Yes. Never underestimate <laughs> what Ferrari can not do. It's like 80 what points. What McLaren but can do. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's possible. It's possible. We have a few more races. Let's see. You know what we love about our Tacova's cowboy boots? You can wear them all year round and for literally any occasion. Of course, you can wear them at the rodeo or at the ranch, but since we're in New York City, we've been getting creative. I even wore mine with a polka dot dress and tights to Sarah's birthday party at a fun, trendy bar in New York City. Tacova's is Western to their core, and they believe in Western for all, handmaking their boots from the most premium leathers. And if you can't make it to a store, visit tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com, and point your toes west. And as a special bonus for you, Tacovas is throwing in a free trucker hat or ball cap worth $30 for all online orders over $100. Just use code F1 at checkout. Again, for a limited time, just enter code F1 at checkout to add a free logo hat to your order as a one-time gift from Tacovas. only at Tacovas.com. Okay, so let's talk about our weekend with F1 Academy, which was just so special. This weekend, we were lucky enough to join F1 Academy for their final weekend of the season and their first co-located race with F1. So just a very special weekend all around. It really marked the beginning of their journey, being on the same stage as F1, being broadcast live on all major platforms and channels. So it was just so, so cool to be behind the scenes, especially because as we were saying before, like... A lot of their families were there. Their teams were there. It was a small paddock. We were just kind of getting to know everybody in there, which was so cool. And a quick refresher on sort of how the weekend works for F1 Academy because it is literally so jam-packed. We kicked off the weekend with them on Friday with two practices in the morning and then a quality session in the afternoon. We've talked about this before in one of our like F1 Academy deep dives, but it's basically two 15-minute quality sessions. So Quality number one, whoever gets pole there starts in pole position for the race number one. And then for quality number two, whoever gets pole there starts first for race number three. But then there's a second race in the middle of those where they basically reverse the top eight positions from quality two to start the grid. And yes, there's a lot going on. And it was really fun to watch, especially I think for us, quality number two, because Jess Edgar, who's one of the drivers, she got her first ever pole position. And her whole team was there and they like stood up and immediately like were running over. It was just so fun to see. Yeah, it was so great to get to see all the teams getting ready for all the sessions. We were able to grab some time to sit down with the Alcubasi sisters, which was so fun. So look for our YouTube video on that. So we have to talk about Friday night. Like we said, probably the highlight of our entire weekend since we got to go to the F1 Academy, F1 Party, and the F1 Paddock. And All of the big, well, not all, but many of the big F1 names. The the good ones. (laughs) Came out to support. Stefano Domenicali was there, Toto Wolf, Fred Vasseur. We also saw some friends from McLaren and Alfa Romeo there, and it was just such a good time. Susie Wolf organized just an incredible panel led by Gail King, which included Bianca Bustamante and Charlie Blackwell Thompson, who is a rocket launch director at NASA. So just an absolute icon um but yeah we just had the best time that event was the coolest event i've ever been to first of all not that anyone cares but from an event planning perspective 
They had amazing t-shirts from Park Farm there for us. They had hats. They had like F1 Academy pillows. They had an artist do art and then they had posters of it. They had an incredible DJ. The food was great. There was donuts. Like the party was amazing. Because <laughs> yes, I was loving these donuts. <laughs> One thing that we made us so happy to see was Toto Wolf, after a very long day uh, in the paddock, this didn't start until about 7.15, was there for the full event supporting Susie, just standing there looking so proud, hanging on to every word she was saying. She was kind of making some Toto jokes. Like she joked at one point of, oh, is my husband still here? He's about to make fun of me for my corny taste in music. And everyone (laughs) kind of turn and look at him. And it was just – you could just see like the pride and joy on his face. It was so nice. The context of the taste in music was Gail King asked, like, what's one song for everyone on the panel that, like, describes you, that is you? And Susie was like, don't stop believing. (laughs) (laughs) Toto was laughing at that, which was hilarious. But the panel was just – we had chills the entire time. Like, Bianca was was saying, when I'm behind the wheel, I feel fearless. Um, Charlotte was saying – or Charlie was saying – about how her physics teacher was really the inspiration for her to to do all of this and get so far in her career, especially as a woman in STEM. And her physics teacher had a quote was not like, what can you be? It was, what can't you be? So she kind of took that forward, which was incredible. So yeah, just the best. best yeah. Event. Leave it to Gail King to run a panel where you like literally feel like you're getting told an incredible story and have chills the entire time. She crushed it. So that was Friday night. And then by Saturday, it felt like we had lived 10,000 lives in the world of F1, but yet we still had the full race weekend ahead of us. So they had their first, F1 Academy had their first race in the morning. It was just surreal to see it broadcast, basically the exact same way that F1 is broadcast with the driver standings on the left, the team radios coming up, you could see the speed, all the same camera angles. It was just unbelievable. And I could just see Everyone else's families were also just so excited to see their their daughters and friends up there on the big screen too. And I felt like there was more wheel-to-wheel action than F1 at points. There were just yes. amazing overtaking, so much going on. And yeah, having the full kind of F1 broadcasting package made it unbelievable. Marta Garcia won this race to cinch the season's driver's championship title, which unlike F1, went down to the final weekend. It was truly a history-making moment. We saw the Hello Sunshine film crew film her family's reaction. It was amazing. There was some chaos in the pit lane when they were coming back since all the F1 drivers and teams were arriving into the paddock as F1 Academy was trying to wheel the cars back in. So just definitely a little bit of a hint of some of the logistical difficulties they might have next season. So then race two, it was also such a nail biter. The youngest driver on the grid, Chloe Chong, really fighting for a podium finish. And we were we were watching with her family, which was very sweet. And in the end, we saw Hamda Alkubasi, the MP Motorsport driver, take the win with Elena Bueller of Art Grand Prix in second, and then Jess Edgar from Roden Carlin in third. And it was Jess Edgar's first podium, which was so exciting. That's a little bit of a foreshadowing for the the race three. Yeah, on race three, it was very early Sunday morning. Jess Edgar took home P1. It was very, very heartwarming. That's when she had gotten her pole position, so she was able to pull it through. She's so nice. We got to congratulate her. And then 
basically after the third race, it was like all hands on deck. It was very interesting for us to see all of the teams like taking down a garage. You never really realize how much goes into it, but that was really cool. And then they had all of the drivers and all of their teams and all of their gear get out into the paddock for celebration photos and videos. We got some incredible, actually Tiggy got some incredible photos <laughs> and the girls were just like goofing off, jumping on each other's backs. It's just like they're teenage girls celebrating an amazing milestone and it was freaking awesome. We loved every single second <laughs> of it. They crushed it. Not only are they goofing off with each other, it was just so cool to see the camaraderie behind the scenes, like them hugging each other, them laughing, like just so, so cool. And then, of course, we do have to mention the F1 kind of personalities showing up. And by personalities, we really mean personality, which was Lewis. Yep. He, Susie had a quote basically being like, thank God we have Lewis. It's kind of sad that it's always him, but thank God we have him. He showed up. He kind of met all the drivers on his Instagram. He posted every single driver, like each on like one story each with their handle of like who they are. So cool. He was talking to them. He was congratulating Marta, of course, for for her win and just just really took the time, um, which was awesome. So bravo. Yeah, I really. Lewis. He was setting such a good example. Lewis clearly had such a kind of substantive engagement throughout the weekend with reposting everyone. And then he was on the pit wall the entire uh, race on Saturday. And then um, also George came over on the pit wall. They both were congratulating Marta. And then also Carlos did kind of a moment with Marta, got to meet her and celebrate. I think Alonzo reposted Marta's win as well. But I think generally we really want to see kind of much more involvement from the drivers and have it not just be Susie and Lewis as as our heroes but they should not have to do everything <laughs> heroes indeed but it was an amazing weekend and like Susie said to us on a Friday night they're just getting started and so it's gonna be great thank you all for listening along to what was probably one of the better weekends of our entire lives and <laughs> we can't wait for next season here here <laughs> 